0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined, of course, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is Current Events Monday. And remember that whole where's Waldo scenario? Like, oh, where's Bruce going to be? Yeah, I'm in another new location. That's right. That's right. Totally new location yet again. So, yeah, there we go. I am uh, with my good buddy Kate Nash here in Moscow for a week, which is super, super exciting. Sorry, Mm -hmm.
1: what what were you saying there, Jake? I think everybody thinks by now you just got a green screen behind you and it's just changing (laughs) every single week
0: uh yeah psych it's been a green screen this whole time i've actually they, never they changed locations of the once. just so they know <laughs> right. if i touch it though it will fall over but it would that's technically true. move if i touched it Absolutely. doesn't prove that does not prove that i'm not a, right. In right. Front of a green screen but you hear that that's solid brick right there uh, they don't hear it but darn that's unfortunate <laughs> well and <laughs> Anyways, thank you all so, so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, it is Current Events Monday. We've got a ton to get through. My intro is going to be super, super short because Jacob, my word, went absolutely bonkers. This morning, he sent me a text. He's like, dude, check out the doc. And <laughs> um, by now, that means, that's code for buckle up. I have a lot to say. So, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I am super, super stoked because some very exciting things happen this week i don't know if jake's gonna think that they're super exciting i think he will um and uh i was I, like I hey i actually we think about that they're
1: i don't think they're completely and totally as significant as i'll, I'll compare it to something but right. later on but well you I are do the resident they're, lawyer they're so we'll tr- up there we'll
0: trust you on that <laughs> yeah no
1: no please don't <laughs>
0: yeah i can't wait it's super exciting and so jake is gonna be taking over a lot of this episode as per usual current events is jacob's episode and it's pretty awesome so he's got some cool stuff to talk about before we get into all that we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and Our verse this week is Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. So two verses. Yes, we're back to that. Woohoo. This passage says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, that's Romans 6, through 22 through 23. So Obviously the last part of this passage is one of the most, um, common and familiar, uh, to us as Christians, you know, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord, which doesn't make it any less potent. Shouldn't make it any less potent in our minds just because we're super familiar with it. Um, but, Jacob uh, mentioned this verse and brought it up, and he'll talk a lot more about this later. But I think the first part of this is equally as important. Of course, all of Scripture is important. Mm-hmm. But let's focus also on the, on the context around this. Um, and I think it's fascinating because now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, so often we can just focus on, you've been set free, you've been set free, you've been set free. And we forget what that means now. We forget, have you been saved from sin so that you can just like do whatever you want, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, why should those who have been saved from sin go on sinning? We are not supposed to think of our salvation as a get out of jail free card, right? It's not something that just means, oh, it just gives us the warm and fuzzy so we can sleep at night and then keep on sinning and doing the same thing over and over again that grace may abound, right? (laughs) Yay, the more I sin, the more grace there is to cover that sin. So yay, that means there's more grace, right? By no means, we've been saved from it. And that's what the beginning of this passage talks about. We've been set free from sin so that we can be a slave to Christ, a slave to God. We talked about this quite a few weeks ago when we talked about where does real true freedom come from? Real freedom is not just um, being free to do whatever you want. Real freedom means giving being given the space to be a slave to Christ. So that's all I'm gonna say about that for now. Um there's a lot more that we're gonna to touch on when we uh get to that. Jacob's gonna bring that verse up. And this was actually Jacob's suggestion for for verse of the week. So thanks for that, Jake. And uh um, with that, let's let's delve in because we got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, I think uh for this week also another text I sent to Bruce this morning, I uh <laughs> I think I said uh said to him, I'm like. I feel very inspired today. <laughs> yes, <'cause> you do. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. So I think, like, I work in a kitchen, and after writing out my... The beginning part, so for those who know, who've watched us a lot, they've seen how we do things on our Monday episode where I go through a lot of articles, a lot of facts and stuff like that, and then I go into a slightly theological warm-up. Now, typically, I will write the write the first bit the the facts and everything and then i'll i'll leave the theological warm-up to to just kind of not come to me but to just like i try to think over over the facts and trying to figure out what i want to put in as the the theological warm-up uh so i was doing that and i'm like wait a minute it's fourth of july i should do something with that (laughs) but we, we will get into that we will get into that later but Something very. um. So today, today is going to be very fun because I get to pretend for a sec that I am a lawyer and to break yeah. down all of the Supreme Court cases that nice. were just decided. Now, disclaimer, I am not in no way, shape or form a lawyer. I have <laughs> no I, I don't know as much as a lawyer does. Um, the only reason uh, Bruce considers me to be the one to go over this type of stuff even even allows me at, from a 10 foot pole to get close to it um <laughs> is because i've taken a constitutional law course again it's one course in high school but <laughs> uh,
0: but he got a just, lot out of it
1: so mm, mm. Just
0: i i my credibility have, there. So. i have bestowed on him the title of our resident lawyer so you know that mm. that does mean there's responsibilities that come with that so you know if we happen to get in some hot water legally, you know he's definitely going to be the one leading the charge on our defense <laughs> so you know
1: <laughs> oh no um <laughs> uh, so like like i said that we got the two ma- uh, major supreme court decisions happening within this past month but i i want to go over two major cases because i don't have time to go over all of them that happened but before i do um, I first want to explain to our audience why this month of all the months, uh, seems to be when all significant decisions are made. Look, look at Roe v. Wade. Why? Why did the well, the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Sorry, um, we just call it the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Whereas there's an actual case uh, name to that, and we just don't remember that. Um, but dot I I literally was thinking of that, but um. <laughs> But um, June is the uh, June is not only the month that the devil comes out of the woodwork, but also the last month of the first session of the Supreme Court. After which they take a break for September or or, uh, until September. So June is when they finish up all the decisions from that session. So the session like starts around January and will go until June. Um so the court probably gets these significant cases around January. So then they start working on them. These really big cases like um like what I'm about to explain, or like Dobbs, they would get it around January and they're spending all this time trying to work on it, trying to figure it out, trying to go through different things. And then it the de- but the deadline is June, so they have to get it out by June. And this is why it happens in June, because it's like, okay, we need to... All right, it just needs to go out there. It's June now. It needs to go out there. Uh, so they push it out in June. And so I'm, there's a little bit of a reasoning as to why some of these, like, very large decisions are happening in June, aside from all these other months. Uh, so I, I thought I would explain that a little bit. But hopefully that makes sense, because now I'll examine these politically charged cases. Um, so the first one is about a Christian web designer, and I think we all know where this is going, or at least some can assume. Um, so this Christian web designer saw the state that she lived in, and saw that it was Colorado. Uh, Colorado was passing an act that would support or give protected status. To LGBTQ people, or or at least it it does more with that. I think it was called um, Cada, C A D A. But the the this act involving LGBTQ people. But so what happens is that she, this Christian web designer anticipating there would be a problem with her business being Christian and not catering to the demonic religion, uh, she filed a lawsuit against the state, against this act and against the state of Colorado. After losing, right, she lost in the U.S. Court of Appeals, uh, which that's the lower court, that's one of the circuit courts. The Supreme Court, the Supreme Court, filed what is called a writ of setiori, okay, a writ of setiori, okay, and that's why you're common. a because you use the big <laughs> words, um, this is a very common uh, writ to use, uh, set, uh, writ, the writ of setiori allows a higher court to take and review a case that a lower court has already decided on, very basic, mm-hmm. One big word to explain a very basic concept. So they basically say, uh, "We want to look at what you did down there. Uh, let's let's take the give us all your research and we'll we'll figure it out." Uh, so, and that's actually how a lot of the Supreme Court decisions are made. A lot of lower courts do it. They um, they go through their process, and then the Supreme Court is like, uh, "We want to look at that at another." another point so they file a writ of Setiori and they grab all the research and and lower courts can do it as well I, I think um, there was another instance of a circuit court uh, doing that for um, for lower lower courts even lower than that but so it's not just to the Supreme Court only but and so because of that the case of 303 creative LLC versus Ellenis, was born. Uh, and that's this case that I'm talking about now, the, um, the Christian web designer, her business. And for those who don't know, her business was called 303 creative LLC. That was her business. So ultimately the Supreme court did to make a long story, long decision short, uh, cause I do need to move on. Ultimately <laughs> the Supreme court, uh, with a vote of six to three, sided with 303 Creative LLC. Woo. Very good. Um, this was. This hits very close to home for me. Yeah. Yeah. This was something that and, was like,
0: I read it. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No. But ahead. like, I, I read it, and the first thing I was like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. Cause that's one of the concerns for me starting, you know, starting my own business yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Like, this was definitely on the radar of, hey, This could happen, you know, a pro Mm -hmm. uh, baby murder or a pro uh, distortion and, um, you know, abomination group, an LGBTQ group could ask me to bake the cake, bigot, and I would be, you know, brought in front of the court and all of this stuff, right? So, yeah, so this was very encouraging to people, and I'm sure a lot of people are now like, oh, cool maybe uh maybe now we should actually be unapologetically christian since even the law well, is on our side at this point point.
1: and that's the thing the supreme court does make a uh distinction between um this web designer and the baker right because we have mm, a very similar okay. case the baker in the sense that this is in in a sense intellectual property whereas the baker is not as much, so this this is a hmm. little bit different. But you know, like you were saying, this case might be impactful or might not be. So in it, we really have to see. We will have to wait and see where it goes to see if it will become precedent, right? Because I've talked about that before. For those who are early uh, watchers and listeners of the show, you will hear me talk about precedent before how they take a decision of, a, of the court earlier on, could have been from years, decades, centuries ago, and them just saying, oh, this is how we decided on it back then. I guess this is how we're deciding on it now. Um, so we shall see if it becomes precedent and this becomes now the the norm. However, yeah, uh, if you want to do more research on this case, I would really suggest doing that. In the second article in the description, there should be a link to the final opinion. So that's the last paper that is written. um, And it's basically stating where they stand. This is so, depending on where the vote goes, because this went six to three, whoever is on, whoever won the vote, in a sense, so that's six. Uh, in that, and I don't know exactly how this is decided, but in that one of those people writes the final decision or the final opinion. Happens to be that this final opinion was written by Justice Neil Gorsuch. Hmm. Um, and you should read what he wrote. It was very good. It these past wow. few cases were have been really good. Um, but um, yeah, so. There's that. Hopefully, it will become precedent. Um, so, but I do have to move on to the second court decision. In this decision, we have affirmative action. I'd like to, <clears throat> I'd like to first explain what that is. Affirmative action is where a college board or college boards admit students based on their race or color over um their actual merit or experience the affirmative action has led to admission decisions that uh, affirmative action this this ideal of affirmative action has led to admission decisions uh since Grutter v Bollinger in 2003 that is another court supreme court decision earlier on hmm. only now well closer i will explain what I am saying in a minute, but this is different, right? So something happened through this court decision. The SFFA, or Students for Fair Admissions, filed a lawsuit against Harvard, and I think there was another instance of them, of the SFFA filing a lawsuit against North Carolina. Um, and I do not have all the details, as I did for the last case, but I do know that this case made its way to the Supreme Court. I don't know what courts it went through up until then. And the SFFA won in a majority 6-3 decision, same as the last one, uh, with Justice John Roberts, or Chief Justice John Roberts, writing the majority opinion, or the final opinion. Um, so the reason that this is important, why I bring up Grutter versus Bowlinger is that, like I was saying before, we don't know if that past case is going to become precedent. Uh, Grutter v. Bollinger was precedent since 2003. However, it was overruled, in a sense overruled. I think, uh, I think it was Roberts or Gorsuch or one of the Supreme Justices who said that this decision... He was like, I can't necessarily say for sure that this decision overrules um, Grutter v. Bollinger. And then I think uh, Clarence Thomas comes in and he's like, no, I I think it does. I think it does. (laughs) Uh, So, but Grutter v. Bollinger upheld. Sorry, if that wasn't clear. Grutter v. Bollinger upheld um, affirmative action. Affirmative action. Yeah. Right. So. Roberts, also, being very good in this paper, uh, you should read what he John says Roberts? as well. John Roberts, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. So, that's shocking. The, the the past few years with the Supreme Court have been very, very good. Uh, look at the overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, the, it has been surprisingly great. I know when I first wow. started getting into the Supreme Court and their decisions and everything, I was looking at Roberts, I was looking at Gorsuch, I was looking at... Um, Amy Coney Barrett wasn't in at that time, uh, but some of the other justices... And I'm like, wow, they're all bad. Except for hmm. except for one. Uh, Clarence Thomas. Clarence yeah. Thomas is the best. Sadly, he is Hands getting down. up in age and... I don't know how long he is going to yeah. stay on the Supreme Court but yeah. he is doing an amazing job. Uh, it is really really cool to see the stuff yeah. that he is doing. But,
0: Consistently solid like you know mm-hmm. he is going to be on the right side of things every right. time which right. is pretty incredible.
1: So Roberts came down hard in his pap- in his paper stating several times that in, st- stating several times in his paper that admission decisions should be based on the student's merit, challenges, and experiences. Not nice. on their race. Overall, awesome. I think this case is certainly not a minor decision. Certainly not something that's going to be just swept under the rug. But I don't think it's going to make its way to a landmark decision. A landmark yeah. case. Um, um, for those who don't know, landmark cases are some that are known and there are a list of landmark cases in which you have to know in order, I don't, in order to pass tests and stuff like that. Um, some being, I, I think Roe v. Wade was a, um, well, was a landmark decision, but now it's overturned, so that can always change. Um, but I don't believe that it's that this one's going to become a landmark or anything that will shape our current day politics, like the overturning of Roe did. I don't think it is at that point. However, hmm. again, I am not a lawyer, so multiple people could disagree with me, and I might have to agree with them because <laughs> I don't have the the status that they do. But here's why I think this. This decision does not force colleges to stop using affirm- affirmative action, even though Roberts did come down on hard on the idea of using it. This case did, however stop any penalization of colleges that don't use affirmative action. So, since uh, Grutter v. Bollinger, I think the there was a precedent kind of set to where the federal government could start penalizing colleges that didn't use affirmative action. Mm. So now, with this decision, those colleges are no longer allowed to be penalized. So and i agree with going only that far with the decision because we always have to walk the fine line when it comes to the civil government instituting moral law but not to the point where we create a tyrannical government right so we can't we can't go to the point to say that the these colleges that are pushing affirmative action while it is we not good right i don't think it should be a a civil government level law that is put out i don't know would you agree bruce
0: yeah no for sure and i think you know uh, affirmative action is practical racism you know you are Mm -hmm. you know hiring someone or uh bringing someone into your college based on their race that's the definition of racism so for a for the civil government to permit racism i think would be wrong so maybe i am suggesting that they go a little further but it would be to the extent that if someone raises the flag and says hey um i believe that i was unfairly uh you know prohibited from attending this college this university because of my race because i'm white then they should be able to sue the university and say hey you know like you let someone with the same grades as me same experience in because they're black. And yes, they should be able to sue the yeah. university for that. Um, and well, vice versa. A, a white mm-hmm. person gets hired simply because of their race. And, you know, yeah. same level of everything else, but it's just their race. Then,
1: yeah. I, I definitely could continue on with this conversation, but I do have to move on. Uh, yes. Because the next section is probably going to be very long. And I don't know if we're going to go over 30 minutes. I
0: hope not. We, might, uh, we could also take some of this and bring it into our
1: discussion topic on mm-hmm. Friday. So that mm-hmm. is an
0: option if we do run out of time. We've done that in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. So since, like I said before, since tomorrow is 4th of July, I figured I would talk about what that day represents. But even more so, I want to talk about not not only the war for independence, but the war on independence. For those who don't know, or need a refresher, the 4th of July is an American holiday that we celebrate, and it is basically celebrating the writing of the Declaration of Independence and the war for independence. And the war for independence. Sorry, we broke off of England and formed this shining city on a hill known as America. Right. Sadly, we can't say the same today for this country that we live in. But briefly please think, I, I want to bring us back to the thought of thinking of the cost that these people during this time gave to try and give us this nation that shined as it did. How, how did we come to live in one of the freest countries in human history? You know, this, this was amazing. Uh, mm. a s- step far above any other country in, in human yeah. history. Um, most of the writers of the Def- Declaration of Independence who created this country were either killed, stripped of their wealth, um, stripped of their wealth, homes, and for some even their own families were taken or killed. The freedom we have today was not cheap. However, I do I, I want to talk about the war that is going on and and the war that should be going on. So I want to first talk about the war that is going on today, but the war, but also more importantly, the war that should be going on. And this and what I'm talking about is the war on independence. What does that mean? Well, this has a double meaning. I'm intending it to have a double meaning in this sense. First and most apparent is the battle for America's freedom and independence, which is fought by demonic forces of this earth. Since America was founded, evil has been at work. Uh, Glenn Beck recently made a mobile uh, museum that shows the founding of America in two ways. He shows the Christian nature and creation of the nation and this, this Christian creation of this nation. But he also shows the evil working alongside it. The evil going on, trying to infiltrate, trying to work its way in. So, and we understand this sense. We understand the fact that, and we can see it today clearly, that there is a war on the independence that we have. That there is a wanting, that, the, that people want this independence and they want to get rid of it. They don't like it. In one sense, that is the war. But I want to talk about the other meaning. The other meaning is the war in which Christians should be fighting. Yes, that is the war on independence. Christians should be fighting this war on independence. And this war is against total independence. Hmm. A nation without laws is a lawless and chaotic nation. Now, before I show from Scripture how we fight, how we are to fight against freedom, let me first contradict my point and show verses which talk about how God wants us to be free. 2 Corinthians uh, 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Also, Galatians 5.1 says, for, fr- for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. John 8.36 says, So if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Now, there are more verses uh, about freedom, but I want to bring it back to what I mean. The devil certainly wants you to be free. Uh, the nefarious movie that Bruce and I watched, and I think Kate also watched it as well, um, the demon was saying that telling everyone uh, telling everyone that they have free will or that they can be their god, their own gods was the biggest enemy to mankind, because when we are totally free, we will follow a depraved nature. When we are when we think that we are gods of our own selves, and when we when what we do is perfectly good, no matter what, we will follow all sorts of evil. Hmm. Because we are totally depraved and will choose evil given the chance yep this war i'm talking about is a war on complete and total freedom romans six twenty two says but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to, of god the fruit of you the fruit that you get leads to satisf- satisfaction and it ends eternal life We are free from sin to be slaves to God. Mm, Being a slave means we are completely and totally to obey our master. We completely and totally obey our master. We are to obey God, not the ideal of freedom. Freedom is not for our own purposes, but so that we can follow God's word In all areas. Now before people going around. Thinking that I think that the war for independence. Was demonic. I want to posit that (laughs) the whole point of the war. Was to give us freedom. So that we could be slaves to God. This is quite apparent. In what the founding fathers wanted. Yep. To bring this back around. From where I started. The founding fathers fought for freedom. And they lost everything. But because they believed in something greater than just the freedom they fought for, they created a shining city that lasted centuries. Hmm. In keeping with the theme for this section, let me end with this qu- quote from the Declaration of Independence. We, therefore, the re- representatives of the United States of America in General Congress, Assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the uh, rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection from them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration with a firm alliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our f- fortunes and our sacred honor hmm. thank you all for listening today and have a wonderful celebration of God's perfect gift of freedom
0: hmm. wow I'm going to leave that there thank you all so so much for watching or listening to us today we hope that was um, insightful And you found that very interesting, Jacob. Thank you so, so much for putting that together. And we will see you all on Wednesday when we break down the first four chapters in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, which is our next book that we're beginning. Until then, remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.